0: Welcome to the Abbott Circle podcast. I'm Father Ambrose Christ, and I'm the Novice Master here at St. Michael's Abbey. We hope that you enjoy the following recording. To learn more about the Norbertines, visit theabbotcircle.com. God bless you. Um, I think it's time for you to begin with a prayer for all of us, Father Norbert, so okay. that we can start off everything right. All right, let us, let us
1: pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Loving God, teach us to pray. May our prayer be our love and desire, our hunger and our thirst for you. Fill us, draw us, enlighten us, encourage us, and help us to keep moving forward on our journey home to that heavenly homeland where you dwell in the unity of your son and the holy spirit and in the company of your holy mother and all the angels and saints world without end amen Amen. mary mother of the church pray pray for for us us. saint michael the archangel Pray pray for us holy fathers augustine
0: and norbert Pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Father Norbert, I'm going to just duck off the screen here, and you take it away. You're going to leave me all alone. I won't be far. (laughs) See you in a minute. And I can't (laughs) resist
1: this temptation. I don't. I'm not really looking over at the screen where little comments are coming in. But my cousin in Nebraska, Amy McCabe, says hi, Father Jeff, my old baptismal name. So hi, Amy, and to all the kids. Uh, We're going to talk about prayer today. Nobody's going to be happy at the end of this webinar. Why? Well, happiness means that we got everything we wanted. And we're not going to get everything we want. We're going to go away from today's webinar not happy, but we're going to go away hungry. We're going to go away wanting more. We're going to go away thirsting for more. And that means we'll probably have to do some more webinars on prayer. The theme of today's webinar, praying in spirit and in truth, comes to us from the Gospel of John and our Lord's encounter with the Samaritan woman. Jesus is thirsty. The Samaritan woman is thirsty. Uh, The Lord is asking her for a drink, and she is asking the Lord to give her some of that water that he's describing, which once she has tasted it, uh, will make her never uh, in need of coming to the well again. So uh, our Lord, in the context of that beautiful conversation, makes the famous statement, this is John 4, 23-24. He says to the woman, the hour is coming and is now here. And that's right now, here. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And indeed, the Father seeks just such people. To worship him. So let's remember that our prayer is a response to the desire, the hunger, the thirst of God for our love. God wants to hear from us, but more importantly, God wants to feel and experience our love, our desire for him our total trust in him, our gratitude. So praying in spirit and truth is very, very important. And we live in the time and the moment when there are worshipers in spirit and in truth. So important that we learn how to pray well. Prayer is so much. Prayer is everything. In so many ways, it is everything so much depends on prayer. And so we want to love and be loved in our prayer. That means we want to pray in spirit. And we also want to get it right when we pray. That means in truth. So that's what we're talking about today. Now, a few little general things to keep in mind at the outset. First of all, this is a huge topic. It's a very deep and profound topic. And so we're not going to be able to exhaust the question of prayer. Thousands of books are written every year, published every year on prayer. It's amazing. Uh, It goes on and on and on. And that's because it's, it's all about love, and it's all about God's love for us, and that's infinite, inexhaustible. So we can't cover it all, and we will have to have some more webinars on specific aspects of prayer. Also, another thing that we need to keep in mind is we are like our fingerprints. There's no other human being in the history of the world. No other human being is exactly like you. me. We are each unique. And so let's keep that in mind, because not every detail or everything that other people say about prayer necessarily immediately applies to me. I can learn from what others experience in prayer. I can learn, of course, from what the great teachers of our faith teach us about prayer. But in the end, prayer is my unique communication with God and I communicate with my God in a way that no other human being does. There are certain things that are unique about my prayer because I am a fingerprint, a living fingerprint and I'm, I'm, I'm not repeatable. So I don't just parrot what other people do. I learn from other people's experiences, but in the end, there's a certain freedom in how I choose to communicate lovingly with my God, very important. Uh, And then that I want to reiterate that prayer is first and foremost about love. Prayer is the language of love. Prayer is what demonstrates each day my commitment to the Lord. And remember the bottom line of love is commitment. You who are married know that there are days when you don't necessarily feel good about hanging out together, but you remain faithful because you love each other. And so prayer is very much like that. And we have to keep that in mind. Can you? As many people, of course, think of prayer primarily as asking God for things. Can you imagine if you had someone who wanted to be your friend and all they wanted to do nonstop, anytime they communicated with you, was to ask you for things. Could I have this? Could I have that? Would you please give me this? Would you think about giving me that? And that's it. <laughs> that's how God sees many uh, of his friends on earth who limit their prayer to asking questions, to asking, petitioning. Prayer is so much more. So let's make sure that we have in mind very much the focus of love. That's, we, we can't forget that when we're talking about prayer. Now, we had at the Abbey for our retreat, annual community retreat, many years ago in the mid-90s, uh, a very holy, passionate priest from Pennsylvania, Father Sylvan Rouse. And I'll never forget how he started his talk on prayer. He said, the most important thing about prayer is to pray. <laughs> Let's not forget that. You know, I've come to the point in my life when I hear confessions, I almost always, unless I know the person well, I almost always ask everybody, unless they've told me already in their confession, are you praying? Do you pray? How much? Are you praying enough? The answer to that, by the way, is always no. Uh, Are you being generous in the time that you give to our Lord? This is the greatest love of our life. How much are we contributing of our time and our effort, our sweat and our blood, so to speak. So it's a really important to pray. And and I, I love to say that if you pray, all will be well. Someone can describe to me their world falling apart. Everything is just absolutely desperate. And I can look them in the eye and say, are you praying? If you keep praying, all will be well. There's no fear. There's no danger. If you keep praying, keep praying and all will be well. There's, there's absolutely no question. So our Lord taught us to pray, of course, and he gave us some beautiful Uh, phrases, and one of those is, thy kingdom come. If we pray for the coming of God's kingdom, all will be well. If we seek first the kingdom of God, which is what we're doing when we're praying, when we're praying, we put everything else aside and we focus on the kingdom. We focus on God. We focus on the one whom we love. We're giving him our time. We're giving him, we're putting him first. We're seeking first his kingdom. And he promised, if you seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will be added unto you. Everything else will be taken care of. So it's so important that we pray. And on that note, we need to say a word about perseverance. One of the keys to a dynamic, beautiful, Living life of prayer in spirit and in truth is perseverance, sticking with it in good times and in bad. Prayer is like a diet, and that's why so many people give up on prayer way too soon, just like a lot of people give up on their diets way too soon, because they start looking in the mirror early on and they don't see what they were hoping to see, and they think, ah, this is a waste of time. Prayer is a spiritual diet. And if we stick with this regimen, if we stick with our prayer, if we give God his due, his time, if we set aside these moments where we love him and give our, our, the attention of our heart to him, and to him alone as best we can. Uh, And if we stick with that over time, we are gonna see amazing fruits. Don't give up. And I'm talking about, I remember when I was a novice and they used to tell us things like, the mass is the center of your life. And if you pray, you will be holy, and this and that. And I kept looking around and thinking, it doesn't feel like And that went on for a long time, I'm talking about years. But over time, if we persevere in the life of prayer, then we start to see and taste its effects. That's so, I can't tell you how important that is. I'm an old man telling you young people, don't give up. Keep praying, it's worth the wait. The spring will come after the winter. The spring will come and it's beautiful. So please do not give up. Uh, Also, by the way, you might be asking uh, in this regard, well, why, why is prayer difficult like that at times? And why doesn't it always feel good? If God wants us to pray, why doesn't he make it easier? He loves us too much. To make it easy. He loves us. He's our father. We are his children. Uh, parents, do you spoil your children? Do you make everything easy for them? No, of course not. If you do, you're not helping your children. You're not preparing them for the world and for the future and to really know what love is all about. So our heavenly father is the same way. He doesn't make it easy. He doesn't just drop everything in our lap and say, there it is. That's what you wanted, feel good. No, he sometimes even makes it difficult for us because like a parent teaching or training their child. I heard a mother, I was at a store the other day and her daughter had picked something up off the shelf that she wanted to buy. And she said, mom, can I buy this? And her mother first asked, how much does it cost? And the girl told her how much it cost. And then the mother said, well, uh, when was the last time you bought something? And the mother's not making it easy. When was the last time that that you made a purchase? And she said, well, uh, I think last week. And she goes, okay, well, I'll make a deal with you. Now, she wants mom to buy this for her. She says, I'll make a deal with you. I will buy this for you if you go home today and do your chores without a single complaint. (laughs) Mom is not making this easy. She's not saying, of course, buy it, it's yours. I'll, I'll buy it, put it in the basket. She's making it difficult because she loves her daughter. She's training her heart. That's what God does in prayer. And if we give up too soon, we miss out on all that good training. It doesn't feel good a lot of the time but God is molding us. So important. So remember that love is a commitment. And so prayer is all about sticking with it. By the way, one of the prayers that teaches us that better than any other prayer is the rosary. I I don't really enjoy praying the rosary uh, many times. There's a lot of times when I pick up the rosary and I'm like, Oh boy, here I go, got to get through it. Because the rosary is a living commitment. It's a chain of commitment. And when you start your rosary, you have committed yourself to going from the first to the last of those beads. That chain is a chain of loving commitment. And as my mother taught me when I was a kid, uh, my mother was always telling me, she can't say words like hell. And so one day I came back from CCD class and I said, uh, why do you always tell us we can't say hell? And sister taught us in class today that we should say hell Mary. And my mother mother, uh, corrected me immediately and uh, told me that we don't say hell when we're praying the rosary we say hail and I said, well, what does that mean? And my mother who did not know what it meant, but she was smart enough to give me a good answer said, it means help. It's like saying hell with a P on the end and we need lots of help. So that's why we pray many Hail Marys and the rosary because once is not enough. When you go overboard, when you're drowning uh, in the sea, and the ship is getting farther and farther away and nobody knows you're there, what do you do? Help, 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 help. That's perseverance, that's commitment. There's a reason why we stick with our prayer. So don't forget that. And the rosary teaches us that. Now, uh, let's talk about some of the questions we posted on the the web. uh, regarding the webinar. Let's look at a few of them. And remember, we're just scratching the surface and touching on a few things. And Father uh, Ambrose is going to shoot some questions from you to me and uh, in a few moments. He's going to help me answer them. Because I know nothing about this topic. And, and you know, the more you pray, the more you realize you know nothing about prayer. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What am I doing? This is stupid trying to talk about it. But here we are being stupid. Uh, why pray? I think I've addressed some of that already, but I want to give you the answer of our Holy Father, St. Augustine. St. Augustine was asked by a wealthy Roman widow. She was the widow of the wealthiest Roman senator in the world at the time, and she wrote a letter to St. Augustine asking him to tell her about prayer. Uh, Her name was Lady Proba and he wrote many things, a very long and beautiful letter to her. But one of the things he said in that letter is, we don't pray because God needs to hear us saying all these things, because he already knows exactly what we have to say, what we need, what we want. He knows all the thoughts and the feelings of our hearts. So we don't do that for him primarily. I mean, actually putting it into words. We do it, he says, in order to exercise our desire. Because prayer is what builds the muscle of desire. And desire is at the heart of our commitment to God, our love for God. The stronger our desire for God grows, The more we love him, and the more uh, intimately and firmly and strongly we can hold on to him, and especially when the tough times come. Desire. And St. Augustine also says that if we, if we come to a point in our life where we are always desiring God, even if we're not in one of our periods or times of prayer, but if we can always say that we desire God, then in a sense we are ceaselessly praying. So desire is very important. So remember, one of the reasons that we keep at it and that we pray regularly is to keep the muscle of desire in shape so that we don't give up on God. He never gives up on us, but we are tempted at times to give up on him. So this will help us to increase our love each day. Uh, A little uh, advertisement for a book. Uh, There's several books that I'll mention today. These are little classics on prayer it's called The Way of a Pilgrim. The Way of the Pilgrim or The Way of a Pilgrim uh, by an anonymous Russian pilgrim, you'll find it if you Google it, you'll find a a lot of translations, it's out there. And in The Way of a Pilgrim, this little Russian pilgrim is out to uh, seek the answer to how can I learn to pray always? How can I be a man? How can I be a woman of prayer is the question that is motivating this book. And so he is taught the importance of finding a prayer phrase. And in his case, it's the famous Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior, have mercy on me, a sinner. And he learns to repeat it and to make it uh to bring it in into harmony with the breathing, with the beating of his heart so that it, that desire is always with him. So it's one example of a classic on prayer which directly addresses this question of keeping our desire alive for prayer at all times. You see how we've gone way beyond, why doesn't God answer my prayer? Prayer is so much, more. It's it's a much bigger picture. The way of the pilgrim. Now, another question we posted on the webinar was, how can I find more peace and rest in prayer? I am exhausted right now. Uh, Father Ambrose is exhausted. Every Norbertine at St. Michael's Abbey is exhausted. People are walking around like (laughs) <laughs> we just moved, and you've all moved. I'm sure you've moved at least once in your life. I moved 13 times before I entered the abbey. Uh, but we, 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 you know what moving is like. But we're not talking about moving your little family of three or four or five or even 12. We're talking about moving an abbey, an institution. <laughs> oh my gosh! And we're still moving. I wish we could pan this room. Father Ambrose described the parlor where we're going to welcome you. Well, except for the picture of St. Michael hanging behind us, it's just absolute chaos. There's furniture on the floor, there's a mirror there, there's a, anyways, so we're exhausted. We're tired, but you know what? Uh, we're, we're talking about a, a rest that can even take the edge off of such an exhaustion, that can take the edge off of anything that is being thrown at us in this world. Our Holy Father Saint Augustine loved to think of prayer as the foretaste of that eternal rest, which will be our inheritance in our eternal and heavenly homeland. And so when we pray, we want to have an experience of that rest because even if for a few moments, we can leave the stress and the anxiety behind and, and, and have a taste even momentarily of that peace and rest, it's worth it. And the more we pray over time and the more we become, become men and women of prayer faithfully over time, the more that that peace takes root in our heart. Our Holy Father, Saint Augustine, famously said, our heart is restless until it rests in you, O Lord. And he says in the Confessions, apud te quies, with you, Lord, there is rest. So let's be careful uh, to give God his time. And when we're uh, faced with a dilemma, should I do this or should I pray? Well, this is kind of pressing. Should I Let's make sure that we let's make sure that we choose prayer whenever we can, because it is with God that we find rest. And very often we start to pray and then we cut it short because something came to mind. Oh, I, maybe I better work on this. I've done that a million times in my life. I did it this morning. I started to pray and then I, <laughs> I started to pray and then I started thinking about this webinar. And I think I better go check that reference. I stopped praying to check a reference so that I could give a better webinar on prayer. You see how crazy we are? Uh, I should have just kept praying. That's the best preparation. Uh, One of the best ways to find more rest in prayer is to try to work in moments of quiet. Uh, We might ask ourselves the question, do I do all the talking when I pray? Do you have a friend, by the way, who never stops talking, who just never shuts up? <laughs> I mean, I know people like this. They just talk, 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 talk. And some of us are like that when we pray. We, we never stop talking. And God wants us to listen. Uh, in Psalm 46, he says, be still and know that I am God. So that means that unless we are still and quiet, at least in part of our prayer time, we may never really know that he is God. That's pretty scary. So uh, it it, it draws us to, and, and quite, we don't like silence because as soon as we're quiet, We start thinking about things. We're going to talk about distractions in a minute. But one of the things that's most terrifying about silence is that when we're silent, we come face to face with certain things that we may be uh, putting on the back burner in our life. Things that are important for our journey and our conversion. And silence uncomfortably allows those things to come to the surface. I throw out another book name for you. Uh, The great classic, it's a modern classic written in the last five, 10 years. I call it a classic. The Power of Silence by Cardinal Robert Sarra. Google it, easy to find. The Power of Silence, amazing. So if you have any doubt or question about the power and the importance of silence, He covers that beautifully in an amazing book. We we need to find times where in our prayer, we are quiet and listening. We, We go before the Lord and we put down the book. We stop the vocal prayer. We stop expressing even our inner words of love, adoration, thanksgiving, petition. And we just say, okay, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. Help me to listen, Lord. And then silence. You want to find rest in your prayer? You want to find quiet and peace in your prayer? Listen. We don't like to listen. Many parents don't listen to their children. Many priests don't listen to their parishioners. Many friends don't listen to each other. We've lost the art of listening. So we need to start in our prayer by relearning that art, listening to the Lord and the God who loves us. Now, he's not going to generally say anything, whisper anything into our ear that we can audibly hear. If you're having those experiences, then that's a a very extraordinary experience of God. But what my experience is that if I listen, if I spend time listening every day, I always get an answer, always. And often in the the least expected way and at the least expected time. But I always get an answer. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about listening and being quiet and and just giving my heart with all its needs to the Lord. I'm not talking about, Lord, I want to win the lottery. And I always get the answer, yes, you're winning the lottery. No, I'm not talking about that at all, Uh, as you know then I also want to remind you of the beautiful story in the life of St. John Vianney. He saw a peasant. I'm telling you this because you can be a very simple, humble, ordinary person and pray like this. He saw this little peasant sitting in the church every day and just looking intently at the tabernacle. And St. John Vianney knew that this was a man of prayer. He knew the man was praying deeply, and, and St. John Vianney was smart. You always ask people who know how to pray, who love to pray, just ask them for tips, help, hint. what are you doing? Because we can learn from others, even though our prayer will be unique. So he went up to the man, as you may know, and he said, dear sir, when he was finished praying, dear sir, could you please tell me about your prayer? It's I see you every day here before the tabernacle, and the, the little peasant said, very simply, oh, it's it's so simple. I look at him and he looks at me. That's it. That's, that's the quiet. It's very uncomplicated. And we need to find moments like that in our prayer. Not easy, but that's the best way to reach the haven or the harbor of rest. Now, uh, oh, I'm going backwards here. I'm trying to keep my notes. Oh, here, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Do I have to use words to pray? I just answered that question, no. Our Lord taught us the Lord's Prayer. Those are words. Is it okay to pray with vocal prayer? Of course, (laughs) vocal prayer, especially the Lord's Prayer, And other prayers like it, based on the scripture, prayers given to us by the church, they actually mold us and teach us and form us so that we actually launch out on our own. We've already uh, been given a pattern, so to speak. Uh, Many of the fathers of the church said, if you say anything in your prayer that is not in harmony with the Lord's prayer, you are not praying in the Holy Spirit. So we certainly don't want to pray out of harmony with the Lord's Prayer, but we also need vocal prayer when we gather together as a community in our liturgical prayer. We have to pray in, in words at times, it's necessary, but we can also pray without words. And sometimes that's very important. So don't feel, uh, don't feel afraid that you would be wasting your time to give the Lord a listening heart I I tell people, ask yourself the question when you're being quiet. Do you have the desire at that moment, in spite of whatever distractions, do you have the desire during that quiet time to give the Lord your heart and listen to him? If you do, you are praying, period. You're praying. Now, how do I deal with distractions in prayer? Uh, That's probably the most common question that I have ever received as a priest. Father, I get so distracted. Father, I get distracted when I go to mass. I get distracted at the consecration. I get horrible thoughts at mass sometimes. I get, no matter when I start to pray, I start thinking about other things. It never ends. Well, I want to tell you something. Welcome to the club. Do you know that every single saint who ever wrote about prayer talks about their distractions and their non-stop uh, challenge of dealing with those distractions. Do you know that we're all going to have, we're going to be challenged by distractions till the day we die. If you want to get rid of distractions and that's your prayer, you might be asking God to take you from this world very soon. Because that's the best solution to all distractions once and for all. Death, that's the end of distractions. So let's first of all, a modern spiritual writer once described distractions as the weather in the soul. Sometimes the weather in the soul is not that bad, and it's not that distracting, and and it doesn't really draw our attention. But on a really hot day, on a really cold day, or in a really windy day, the weather draws our attention away from what we're doing. And so what we need to do when we are Uh, experiencing distractions, is just keep giving our heart back to the Lord. Don't let the distractions lead me, but let my heart keep turning back to the Lord. That's very pleasing to him. You know how when it's really, really hot, there's some people that spend the whole day talking about it's so hot. It's so hot. And by the end of the day, they look like they're going to keel over because they focused completely on the heat. And the person next to them who noticed that it was hot, but started turning their focus back again and again to the work at hand, by the end of the day, they almost forgot that it was a hot day. Distractions are very much like the weather in the soul. Saint Teresa of Avila, one of the greatest mystics in the history of the church said, It would be easier to stop the revolution of the planets than distractions turning around in our mind and heart when we pray. So take heart. Many people think that distractions mean my prayer is no good. That doesn't mean that at all. It means your prayer is normal. It means your prayer is the same as the prayer of all the great saints of history. It's being challenged by the dust and ashes in which we find ourselves, the clay of this world. It's perfectly normal. We just don't want to let those distractions sidetrack us or become the focus. Calmly turn away from them. Don't let them become uh, a great concern and all will be well. How are we doing, Father Ambrose, on time? Because are we about, are we getting close to Questions? Yeah, Uh, I we we can go on and on and on, and we can have more webinars on prayer. I don't know how I said that or why I said that. I'm out of my mind. But Father Ambrose is going to come now and help us to focus on some of the prayers that you've been sending in. I haven't seen a single one of those since my cousin said hi. I haven't looked at the screen over there, so
0: I don't know what people are asking. Thank thank you so much, Father Norberto. It was really A beautiful. You you don't seem too exhausted to me at all. (laughs) Wait till the minute the camera goes off. (laughs) No, thank you. It's beautiful to hear your thoughts, Father Norbert, and especially that those beautiful reflections on those points of desire, love, persevering in prayer is persevering in love. Things like this, Mm -hmm. Father Norbert, it's just it's like food for our souls, and uh, we need that food. So thank you for feeding us today with these very beautiful ideas and I have some questions for you some that have been coming in from our from our uh, webinar audience here we have our friends uh, 400 of you out there my goodness welcome to everybody and thank you for joining us today Father Norbert um, just a few points of clarification first Uh, the power about resources the power of silence was written by
1: Cardinal uh, Robert Sara Sarah, uh, and a great uh, cardinal of the church, who understands the the beauty of the spiritual life, and the liturgy, and the and 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 as it was read in our refectory, and one of the older priests sitting near me said, "This sounds like one of the fathers of the church."
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful, great. Another uh, question about some of the nuts and bolts, Father Norbert. Could you explain again? Uh, what you mean by the terms in spirit and in truth. You began with that um, in your, in your uh, reflection today, but just another word about what does it mean to pray in spirit and in truth, Okay, briefly. Very, very good.
1: So our Lord is seeking, remember uh, one of the things that frustrated our Lord the most in the gospels was the superficial, shallow, surface level uh, devotion of the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious professionals, those who were teaching his people to pray. And so when he says that, that the Father is seeking worshipers in spirit and in truth, he's saying the Father wants us to go beyond and anything that is superficial. We're not talking about questions like I want to ask God for something and I'm waiting for him to give me an answer. And I want a bicycle and if he gives me that's not what that's not the prayer that our Lord is speaking of. God wants to be adored. He wants to be worshiped. He wants to be honored. He wants to be loved. And he wants us to go beyond all the external right to the heart. And our prayer needs to be in spirit. In other words, we're praying in unity with the Lord. That's what our desire connects us directly to the heart of God. That's the little weak human heart reaching out feebly, but powerfully to the uh, infinite heart of God made flesh for us in the sacred heart of Jesus. So that's, that's the greatest... Uh, guarantee that we will be praying in spirit and truth. And St. Teresa would say over and over again, uh, the humanity of Christ is the guarantee that we are praying in the spirit, uh, recognizing that our Lord took flesh, became incarnate. He is our teacher. He is the way. We go back through him. We can never forget him even when we're quiet and peaceful, I remember I said, what we're doing during that time is we're giving our heart to him. We're we're sending our heart forward to, to touch his heart, like John placing his head on the heart of Christ at the mystical supper. And when we do all of that, when that is our desire, then we are praying in spirit and in truth. We're seeking to pray in spirit and truth. You can help
0: me with this, Father. Well, no, that's beautiful. Father, no, no, that's that's just outstanding because the, the whole point there is that we're not remaining on the surface, but we're trying to dig deep. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that, that's where we're giving us. everything. We're giving yeah. everything to him.
1: Right. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. So are any of us there yet? No, none of us. Do, can we still do more in our love for God? Of course, all has not yet been given.
0: And that, that, that humble little peasant there in ours, just saying he looks at me and I look at him, it's all right there, right? Yeah. That's that gift of self, isn't it? Right,
1: listen, I, want, I, I mentioned, and you mentioning, asking me to about the book. Uh, there was one other book I was gonna mention because it's the book that set me on fire for prayer when I was a young religious. St. Teresa's autobiography, the the autobiography of St. Teresa of Avila. And she's very readable. She's very human. She's very down to earth. And this is the nun who says in that book that she lived the first 20 years of her religious life torn between the world and God. And she just, she wasn't giving her all. And she kind of knew it, but she kept dragging her feet until finally one day
0: <laughs> she was in a cloister Yeah, this is a, cloister she was a nun. cloistered
1: nun so yeah hello if you're struggling uh, that should give you some hope
0: <laughs> Brother, a few a few yes. very um, concrete questions yes and just some thoughts from, yes. from a, a seasoned and a good and holy priest so a busy mother with a house full of children who, who require a lot of her attention yes how does she find time for silent prayer? Or what is prayer going to look like for her? It, you know, Of course, it would be wonderful for her, for all of us to be able to carve out you know, hours every day of silent right. contemplative prayer. Um, but just practically speaking, that's not possible for everybody Correct. in the oh, yeah. physical body. So any words of advice for such a person?
1: I remember a mother telling me who had a lot of children at home. I remember her telling me that, uh, Father, I don't have a prayer corner. I don't have a shrine. Uh, because if I did, my kids would all be there grabbing me. I go in the bathroom, I close the door, I lock it, I turn on the fan, and people know, don't bother mom, she might be you know, sitting on the throne. And that's when, I, that's when I really do some serious prayer. But the point is, find what you can, dear mother. God loves mothers. God chose a mother for himself. God knows a mother's heart. God knows that period of a mother's life when her first concern is the formation of these little souls into temples uh, of the Holy Spirit. He knows the focus of a mother. But do whatever you can, make choices that, whatever choices you can make that you know strengthen your desire for God. Because as Saint Augustine said, even if you're not in your prayer time, if you are still desiring God and, and if you're outside your prayer time and you're doing all these things for your kids and you're thinking in the back of your mind, I wish I could be with the Lord right now and give him some time directly, you are praying. You're desiring God. So if you're, if you're so wrapped up like Martha in her work that you're, that you're forgetting the one who is right there sitting before you and teaching... But if, if, if he's there with you and you desire him, and if all the kids had, could go off for a few moments, you would give your heart to the Lord. You're praying. You're a lot closer to the Lord than you think. But try little things, little exclamations during the day, uh, uh, short prayers. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I give you my heart and my soul. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, save souls. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I love you. Jesus, I trust in you. That's a good prayer for a mother over and over again. Jesus, I trust in you because left to myself. So short uh, prayers that pierce the heaven. Uh, You don't have to take a lot of time to pray.
0: Yes. And of course, so, so finding those times to pray insofar as that's possible in our state in life, mothers, fathers, busy working people, business people, so forth. But also the work becomes the prayer, then, doesn't it, Father Norbert? It does. And yeah. Making dinner becomes the prayer. Yeah. And changing the diapers. And right. Right. All and, of and it and all never of it is right. prayer.
1: It never replaces the need to take the have those exercise sessions, mm-hmm. and, and which will be different at different times in our life and according to our state in life. Saint Francis de Sales says that a busy uh, husband and a family cannot have the same prayer life as a Carthusian in a Carthusian monastery or a bishop, whatever. Everybody's different, but we all have to find what we can and when we can. And of course the Eucharist feeds our life of prayer. And so obviously you're talking about, we're talking about personal prayer, but gathering your children and as distracted as that, that, as distracting as that can be praying for example, the rosary with the family.
0: Wow, that's like, that is, that is saving the world. Absolutely. That's right. That struggle is so important in families, isn't it? Father Norbert. Gather the family and pray the rosary every day. Yes. And then and you that, have that sacrifice, right? That takes real sacrifice. Absolutely.
1: And I get this question all the time from, if, uh, if there's one kid that one child that is just really having a lot of problems, et cetera, go ahead and, and give them some uh, special attention. Uh, give them a different way of doing this. Uh, experiment a little bit. Remember, there's some freedom in prayer. So if there's if there's one child that, that is there and so angry and so distracted that they're distracting everybody else, think of creative ways that they could, you know, make this up on their
0: own or right. do something. Draw a picture of the mystery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, right, draw Whatever. a picture of the mystery. Father <laughs> Ambrose is here for a good reason. Doesn't that's
0: it? right. <laughs> oh gosh,
1: it's been a long time since I taught the kindergarteners. So. <laughs> but that's what we have to do. We have to be creative
0: sometimes in service. Okay, um, just one more, one more kind of nuts and bolts question about prayer, and then maybe we'll wrap up a little bit. So you can get some rest, Father Norbert. I'm
1: going to pray. <laughs> I'm going right. to sing the Divine Office, and I just saw somebody wrote in, right. can song be a prayer? We Please. sing all of our prayers seven times a day. Singing, it's, a, it's magnificent. Yes, so your song can be a prayer. I'm not talking about a Beatles song, but yes, right. Right. We, yeah, singing is prayer. It's beautiful
0: it's praying twice. So, so yes. <laughs> a prayer Although St.
1: Augustine did not say that, but that's <laughs> enough. That's for another webinar. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, just one. So just a few, maybe 30 seconds, Father Norbert on. Okay. So someone is trying to cultivate that kind of silent, quiet prayer. They found, found a time to do that, to find a way to do that. Listening, being quiet with the Lord and just my mind is racing. I and mean, this is a question about distractions, isn't it? But, yes. um, so, do, does a quiet mind, does quiet prayer require a quiet mind? I suppose is a way of putting that question. Does a quiet, does quiet prayer mean that I have to wait until my mind is quiet?
1: Well, uh, it's, and I, I'm not really good at all the distinctions, but uh, I would distinguish between mind and imagination. So the imagination can be going wild. That's where I call, that's, what I, that's, the, that's the playground of distraction but the mind can be at rest. So if I am quiet and listening and not uh, thinking about what I'm saying to the Lord and trying to formulate things, I'm giving my mind a rest. My imagination is going crazy, but my mind is resting. And you know, the body needs its rest every night, and so does the mind. And that's why that one reason why that quiet prayer is so good for us. So don't be discouraged by the the imagination is the playground of distractions. But the mind can be resting, and it is resting if you're not doing all kinds of, you're not deliberately, intentionally doing all kinds of mental gymnastics. You're actually trying to be quiet. Your mind is resting, and you it may not feel like it because the imagination and the emotions are so intimately connected. Send us another signal. But over time, you realize, oh wow, this prayer
0: is changing my life. Good, thank you, Father Norbert. One last question. We have so many questions, friends. Thank you for all of the really beautiful questions and beautiful comments and so many things. That's over on this side, the administrative life of a webinar. <laughs> thank you so much for all of that. I'm sorry that we can't treat of each one individually. Um, one last question. So we're Norbertine. We're we're Canons Regular of Prémontré. We are liturgical creatures in the mystical body of Christ. We are the kind of, that that species of religious bird that sings in church liturgically all the time. And by the way, it's our 900th anniversary. So a word about liturgical prayer, Father Norbert, all of this flowing from liturgical prayer. Where is the sacred liturgy in this conversation?
1: I think the best uh, treatment of that was given by Pope Pius XII in his great encyclical Mediator Dei on the, the, uh, the sacred liturgy. And there he, he speaks so beautifully of, of the liturgy, of what it is, the heart, the center. No personal prayer is on a par with the power and the efficacy and the grace, uh, the ecclesial nature of the liturgical prayer of the church. But he says that without personal prayer uh, leading into the liturgy, and without personal prayer, flowing out of the liturgy, we cut ourselves off from so much of the fruit of liturgical prayer. So in other words, if I were to just go to mass, Mm -hmm. and that was my prayer life
0: for the whole week, (laughs) yeah,
1: right, right, then I could be missing, I would be missing an enormous amount, because I need to cultivate the soil of my heart and make it ready for all the graces that God wants to pour out. And I know from my experience, if I spend the time right before mass, and the 15 minutes after Mass, which St. Alphonsus Liguori said are the most important moments of prayer in the life of a Christian, the ones that God is most interested in. What we say, what we do, how we spend our 15 minutes after receiving our Lord and Holy Communion. Don't despair. Many of you can't spend those 15 minutes in anything but getting in the car and going to work. The point is, though, private personal prayer leads us into the liturgy, flows out of the liturgy, Enriches our liturgical experience and it all becomes one. It's a magnificent vision of life. And of course our Catholic life of prayer is 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 fed by the liturgy and our personal life of prayer feeds the liturgy so it's all it's like it's amazing.
0: Thanks be to God. God. Yes, thanks, <laughs> thanks be to God. God. Brother Norbert, yes, we yes. need to wrap up. We need yes. to go pray. Yes, we do. We've been praying with you in this work of prayer and taught discussion of prayer. And now it's time for us to wrap up our webinar. And we are going to go run off to mid- to midday prayer here in just a few minutes. So um, many, just a few points of business. We are recording this webinar. We will post the recording of the webinar so that you can share it with your friends. And uh, uh, that will come to you, I think, by email. Is that correct? You'll have a link to the recorded webinars. You can listen again. If I speak too fast, because I do, I speak too quickly. Father mm-hmm. Norbert does a better job. And um, so it will be recorded. If you haven't joined the Abbott Circle, please do so. It's a It's a great way that you can support us. We are a big monastery. There are 34 seminarians here. We just Vested seven new novices on Christmas Eve. We have already accepted six more men to join our monastery this coming August. We're bursting at the seams, even in this big new monastery that we've moved into. Thank you for your support. Please continue to support us. Please find us online. There's a lot of excellent content for you, homilies, uh, video series, so many things, and more to come. Thank you for all that you do for us. Father Norbert, will you please conclude with prayer? Yes. Holy guardian angels of all of us
1: participating in this webinar, pray for us. Pray for them. Pray for each one of us that we may grow in the life of love and desire for God and truly pray in spirit and in truth. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Mary, Queen and Mother of the Norbertine Order, pray, pray for, for us. St. Joseph, pray, pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening to the Abbott Circle Podcast. If you enjoyed listening or were spiritually nourished, please leave a review to help our podcast grow. Thanks again. God bless you.